Darna, Owen and all of our listeners, welcome back to the Backdoor Cut. Another week following some league fixtures and our very own Owen McCabe was out in the field on the weekend. Owen, how did it go? Although I do know how it went, so feel free to give whatever detail you're comfortable giving. Yeah, um, obviously good personally to get back on the pitch. Um, happy to be back out there, but result ways from the team could definitely could have dampened on it. Um, yeah, I think we got beat by seven in the end, like which wasn't great. Um, Sligo were were probably in the last 10, 15 minutes, definitely the better team anyway. I think it was very tight the whole way through the game. We we played relatively well. Uh, and um, very up like it was a close game, but uh, Sligo ran away with it in the end, like so. That's how I played them. Yeah, good to get back out there. Another bit of progress. Um, another box ticked. So just to obviously build on that then this week. Um, did feel a bit. Obviously had a big week of training last week. Um, probably Tuesday session. Maybe overcooked it a wee bit. Um, so it was a bit sore and stiff coming into the rest of the week. Um, I think uh, sitting in the car for a couple of hours and the way down the slide out didn't help too much either. Um, probably a bit stuff sore and stiff coming into the game still. Just body adapting to the the load again. But uh, no, I feeling. Grand now, I got a good dash in there. Uh, bit of recovery done Monday. Um, back team training last night went well, and yeah, good session there today again. So body's feeling feeling good and continuing to build on it. So happy out. How did you feel in the game? Probably, I think this is one thing I said. Like I've had experience of coming in off the bench before, and I think coming in off the bench is probably one of the hardest things you can probably do in terms of getting up the the speed of the game. Um, it can be it can be tough at the best of times. You almost just try to have to prepare yourself that right. I'm going to be blowing here for for five minutes or so until I get the get the wind up, like um, get the legs going properly. Um, it's probably felt that a wee bit. Uh, probably felt a wee bit heavy in the legs, but I found skill wise was grand. Um, good to get hand the ball and just good to get sort of some competitive minutes under the belt, I suppose. And what uh, would you put down? Obviously, Saigo pulling away towards the end too. Was uh, it's, it's still hard to put my, put my finger on it exactly. Like there was so many. I think a lot of it came from our own mistakes and our own, I suppose, carelessness at times. Like times we were giving the ball. I remember a couple of examples slipping the ball almost sort of like back to a cut style, and players not even looking. The player that's receiving the ball not being fully. Uh, they're still busy making the run, not taking the passes going to come. Things like that, and um, handling skills. I was turning the ball over, giving it like easily, like just for fucking poor passing, poor handling. Um, just real basic bit stuff. Like we were doing and trying a lot of the things that we are instructed to do and should be doing, but I think it was just the execution of it on the day. And then um yeah, getting 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 caught out on the account for attack Speaking of games getting away from you in the last few minutes, Tara, obviously <laughs> weren't involved at the weekend, but a disappointed result for you lads against Cork. <laughs> what does it feel like watching on when that's happening to your teammates? Yeah, to be honest, like when you're when you're not involved, you're kind of just on the in the viewpoint of suppose of a supporter because again, yeah, that's just the way it is. I suppose when you're from your county, but um, it's just so disappointing, especially when I suppose. You are a player as well, and you know you could be playing. Um, yeah, you just feel a wee bit powerless that you're just standing watching on. Um, and in those moments, like it, it can be difficult because once a t- once a team gains so much momentum, like Cork probably did in that second half, it's very hard to know and to I suppose turn the tide. Um, 
and I suppose they they put quite a big squeeze on us in the second half and kickouts, um, and we just struggled. We struggled to probably get out of things, and we struggled to deal with their their hard runs in the second half. They brought on a few quality players and created a few goal chances, and yeah, our goalkeeper actually made a couple of saves as well. So we created our own goal chances as well. We didn't take them, um, but I suppose. He just feels so, I suppose, disappointed to come out on the wrong side of it when you were leading for so long. Um, so yeah, it's tough. It's tough to watch. I think. And then you getting back into some team training this week, obviously following a loss, and then knowing you, you're probably putting a bit of pressure on yourself to get back into that team training and be the best player on the field immediately. What was it like getting back into team training? How did you feel out there? And then how are you reflecting on it now? Yeah, it was unbelievable to get back out and involved. Um, Skill-wise and stuff, like I, I don't feel like I've been... You know, I don't feel like I've had nine months off the pitch or whatever it has been. Um, I felt like I slotted in quite nicely in that regard and, and I felt like my kicking and my handling was quite good. And I felt probably sharp enough just based off the work that I've done with Alan over the last couple of months. So, um, yeah, you're right. As soon as you're back in, you're just you're just trying to push as much as you possibly can to try and get playing as, as soon as you possibly can. But realistically, I'm probably a good bit off that just yet. It's going to take time to, I suppose, build a level of condition. It's going to take time to, I suppose, train and, and not aggravate the injury because if I just continue to push on now and, and spike load and and push to try and play and um, I just end up back where I started so probably a mix of just trying to get ball in hand and, and improve me, me, me skill level as much as I can over the next couple of weeks but then trying to be smart too and not push too too much too quickly um, because yeah I suppose it's been that long now there's no point in rushing it and if you do rush it, obviously, like there's a likelihood that you uh, miss out on more time, which is obviously what you don't want. Do you have in your mind that you want to feature the league at all, or are you eyeing up the Ulster Championship as a realistic time point to try and get back for, if that is even possible, or are you just taking each week as it comes? I would absolutely love to make it back for some four minutes in the league. I'm, I'll be honest, like in the back of my head, that's what I want. And that's what I've probably been wanting over the last couple of weeks. Whether that's realistic or not, I actually don't know. It really depends session to session, week to week. And, you know, what way my body responds when I'm really thrown into the thick of it. Um, yeah, so again, like I honestly can't make that prediction. And that's probably the toughest part, to be honest. Like, it's something I have been struggling with, you know, today. It's just coming to terms with the fact that it's just the complete unknown. And I do not have a, a set date when to come back. Um, and the more I put dates and, and times on things, the harder it gets because the more frustrated I get when it doesn't go to plan. So, yeah, I've learned that the hard way. Um, that's, there's no real benefit in, in, in setting a date on it because, again, I don't have a clue what way my body responds from one day to the next, never mind two, three, four weeks down the line. Do you still ask the question from time to time? As in, <laughs> to Alan or to physios, like, when do you reckon I'll be back? Because I get that all the time from athletes. It's like, I know you don't really like dates or timelines or anything like that, but what do you think? Like, And I'm like, yeah, impossible to say. I 
<laughs> I put it to Alan a couple of weeks ago, actually, and he, he did put together like a bit of a timeline as to what would make sense and what would be feasible if, if things do go to plan. Um, whether we're on track for that, I don't think we are <laughs> at the minute. But uh, I'll not be, I don't, yeah, I've, I've, I'm past the point of asking about dates and stuff because I've learned over the last year. It just doesn't, it doesn't work like that, especially with a chronic injury. And as well as that, it might take a little bit of time to get back to that level of sharpness. Now, Dara's just touched on there that he did feel pretty sharp in terms of his skill level in training on. And you were saying something similar a couple of weeks ago. But then going into the game, potentially that wasn't the case. Potentially it was. But how many games do you reckon you need at times following a long layoff to get back to that match sharpness that players are always talking about on? Yeah, you probably do need a few games under your belt. Um coming in there for 30 minutes the last day like yes it was good to get the minutes under the belt but there's nothing like playing a full game and being in the the flow of the game from the first minute um, I think maybe in my head it was always maybe in the past it was like right get two good games under my belt and I'll sort of be like well back in the into the swing of things like um, but again similar to what Dara said about a sort of timeline I could just sort of it, it, it just comes with time um, and it's something that's always sort of you're always chipping away at um, but it's one of those things it's just the more exposure you're getting like the better it's going to be so um, it's striking that balance between managing yourself back in the rather than just throwing the kitchen sink at it and jumping into too much too soon um, but you know if you're good you want to be playing as much minutes as possible and the, the sooner you get those sort of minutes under the belt the better I feel so in the player's perspective, what you're saying, Owen, it's better to potentially p- play more minutes earlier on when you're coming back, um, or as many as is allocated and as many as is recommended to get you back up to the level of sharpness that you were at potentially prior to uh, your layoff than it is to kind of give minutes here or there. Yeah, I think so. I think you want to get as much as possible without doing any harm, basically. Um, you know, if you're if you're able to play... 30 minutes one week, 40 minutes the next week, 60 minutes the next week, and then another 60, then they grit. Um, obviously, that's based on performance and if selected and all the rest of it, but in an ideal world, you want to you want to build up the minutes as soon as possible. You want to be getting full games under the belt as soon as possible from, again, providing that you're not regressing, going backwards, making anything worse. Um, but yeah, like there's nothing like playing consistent games week in, week out, and you just want to, you want to, yeah, your consistency is unbelievable. Like you just want to get that consistency as much as you can and get that uh get consistent food games under the belt because we chat a lot about confidence too. And uh confidence comes from having that evidence that you can that you can do. Um you can do whatever task it is. Like whenever you're playing full games week on week, um and performing well in them, that 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 adds to the confidence side of things as well. So um confident in the body, confident that you're in your own performance levels. Um and confident that you're probably prepared in the games because you've you've got a good load of games under the belt too. So yeah, in my opinion, you want to be definitely want to be getting as many minutes as you can from a from a player's perspective. Mick. It's tough for the manager, isn't it? Because they're obviously completely focused on the immediate result. Um, whereas like the physio and the SSC coach are probably saying, like, oh, we need to up this guy's minutes. Like, um, is there any aspect of that, Dara? Like, when you're going back. Are you going to be like, no, nah, put me in, coach. I'm ready to go. I need to go in full forward and I'm going to dominate. Yeah, just like let the ball in high for the first <laughs> four games. Anyway, I'll not move. No, yeah, like as soon as, <laughs> as soon as I feel ready, I will be 
putting the hand up like um probably will do that before i am ready more than likely um but again it'll be up to the it'll be up to the manager so it's very hard once you're back in training and you're back making impact i suppose and you're as owen said you've built a bit of confidence through the reps and training more like against against good defenders i suppose um straight away i'll just be thinking yeah right i'm good to go for 10 minutes 15 minutes here so yeah i suppose whether the manager actually decides to, to utilize that that's completely out of my control so um i suppose it depends how how often they can actually get training now over the next few weeks how how much the body allows me and how much load it can actually build up and how much it can actually withstand um because obviously you won't be just throwing me in if i'm struggling to get through training sessions like May you had to hand up in round one as Lee, which that's you were saying <laughs> ten, fifteen minutes. And for a club championship as well, when you knew you weren't ready, but that's natural, that's every GA player. But Owen, obviously you were down in Sligo at the weekend. There was something that I wanted to touch on uh, and ask you about both of your perspectives, because there are some games that teams have to go away from or, or go away for, both in the league and in the championship. Is going away for a night away something that players enjoy or is it just something that you have to do at times? Or potentially is it something that's kind of a pain in the hole, depending on how far you're going? Um Yeah, there's I think it kinda of depends on what the setup is. Like if it's there's been times where you've had like a say a Saturday game and it's maybe at twelve or two o'clock or something like that, then you have to get down there on a Friday night. I remember going to Waterford one year for a game on a Saturday. And it's just, I'm afraid we're heading down on a Friday night on the bus. By the time we get into the hotel, it was maybe fucking 10 or 11 o'clock. And then you were, uh, it was just, that was a shambles. Like, um, but I, I, I don't mind the away games. Um, probably do prefer home games, just in that, like, we're playing obviously in Corrigan at the minute. Like, we can, it's five minutes away from the house. You can get up and go about your normal routine. It's great. Um, don't mind them. I think it's good crack being around the team, just being around the lads and, and watching, say, we're playing on a, on a Sunday and you're watching whatever game you're on the Saturday night and everyone's sort of watching together having a bit of crack I do feel like it's it's good crack um, there has been times where we've been down and played games and stayed over the night after um, <laughs> always, a, always a good night out uh, uh, yeah I'm a, I suppose more positive than negative like I'll probably enjoy it a bit more I think it's part of it too like when you're when you're away with the team you're away with the lads like you're in that sort of week bubble nothing else kind of is going on outside of that like um I think it's a good environment to be in, good crack. Um, I think overall it's a popular thing, Nick, yeah. People are probably wondering what you get up to when you're down there. Now, I'm not going to ask about the night after uh, <laughs> just yet, but the night of, you're obviously saying there, you sit down, you watch a, a couple of games maybe with your teammates, but like, what's the structure of that night look like for you, Owen? Yeah, so usually we head down would be... I say if we just use the slagging game for example there we had to be in the hotel for like four o'clock uh on the saturday um so it was down for four o'clock players were just allowed to sort of drive themselves and um, so my lads carpooled headed down the saturday we were there for four um sat them watched who was on can't remember the first game that was on but there was there was uh there was a game on anyway what's that um just wait for everyone to get the rooms or whatever then we get into the gym did a bit of mobility we bit of a primary session um and then it was into into like a meeting room and we had the the this rolling uh mail game up on the screen 
watched that and got a bit of dinner then and then it was just sure you've kind of got the evening free go and do whatever you want and then you'll have like a team meeting um before bed did a bit of a team meeting bit of video stuff um another bit of a snack there cereal and whatnot and then yeah but lads either go up then or you know some lads sort of played up a wee bit later but i'm uh I, I like an early night so i was off the bed at, uh straight after the team meeting then about half nine ten like and i was i was out for the count then after that um then you're up the next day, get your breakfast in there. Um, there's a bit of sitting about the next day to be fair, because if you're up the next day, you have to get everything sort of read out to the room and all the rest. Um, throwing could be two o'clock or whatever, and you're kind of sitting about then waiting for waiting to go to the pitch just. Um, but to get up in the morning, maybe you know a few players maybe go for a walk, go grab coffee, again team breakfast, maybe another meeting, and then um, yeah, it's kind of waiting about for maybe an hour or so until you head to the pitch. Do you find it hard to switch off prior to the game then on that morning of the game when you've woken up? Because obviously you're all in your gear and you're all standing around drinking coffees, but you're probably talking about the game, I'd imagine, or thinking about the game, even if you're talking about something else. Yeah, I think I think you're always thinking about the game um, because you're in a new environment, somewhere that you're not really, you're, you're not familiar with. You're all in the track shit, as you say. You're all everything you're doing is getting you prepared for the game um so yeah i think it's it's always on your mind like it is hard to hard to switch off from it but then you know i suppose you're you're, you're there to do a job like and it kind of in theory you should be you should be ready to go then when it comes to the game then. and then dara i'll give you the opportunity to chime in in regards to when you're staying over the night after a game have you experienced that and is there any um any spots that were surprising in terms of how good a night you managed to have in them? Uh, yeah, we stayed. <laughs> I think we've only ever actually stayed yeah, over uh, after uh, one game. Oh, you were talking <laughs> in Dublin. You love Ryan. I, you're a big fan of Ryan's, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan's gets a good out touch now, not lay. Um, now we stayed up last year after the league final in Croke Park, so <laughs> that was a messy enough night, and not lay. Um, Ah, some crack though, unbelievable Look, crack. How long um, just the one net? I think it was seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, I sometimes it can escalate, you know, when you when you find yourself in Dublin. But uh, no, I don't. I don't think it's a good idea staying up after after games unless you've got three, four weeks off after. Like, um, it can get messy when you've a whole squad in a hotel. Like, um, but. I think Owen, Owen knows just what to say to you about that. <laughs> what does that night look like, Owen? He's keeping <laughs> uh, cars close to the I know, exactly. That's why I'm switching the question <laughs> over to you. Owen, what does that time? night look like after the game? Like, straight away, after you come <laughs> in off the pitch, win or lose, obviously the vibe is going to be different within the dressing room, but are there beers in the dressing room is what I'm asking. No. Not in the jet room, no. Um, but you will change them very quickly afterwards. <laughs> You're depending. Like there's two that sort of spring to mind. Uh, last year, uh, we were actually at tip last year. We played uh, Saturday night game at tip, and we stayed. We went down that morning, and then we stayed over that night. Um, so we're out in third list there. We at the Hayes, is it Hayes Hotel? Yeah. Uh, so rocking up to this hotel kind of going what's going on here sort of thing and then mm-hmm. we threw one door through another door we're like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> it was like Thompson uh, <laughs> it was like Thompson's <laughs> right in the corner uh, we, oh, had yeah. a, 
Um, quite enough one anyway. Uh, <laughs> Home I, by 12. One that we were in Leeds a couple of years ago. Where we had a Saturday night game in Leash. Again, went down that day and stayed in Dublin afterwards. Um, and I think we all landed the coppers, I think. So it was a game. <laughs> Um, but all of being either if there's like, if there's an off license or whatever near the near the pitch, you you get someone to run in, grab a few beers if there's a bit of a journey back, or else it'll be back to the hotel. Um, get some sort of grub in these, and go back to the hotel, and then probably down to the bar, um, get a few pints in the end, then see where the night takes you. The bus home the next day is horrible. Horrendous. Oh, it's brutal. It's, it's brutal. She didn't go home, Dara. <laughs> That's why you stay home. <laughs> What's the most home? Good GA man. Anyway, like you, you've mentioned, we've mentioned Ryan's, we've mentioned Coppers, and you've mentioned his hotel, the home in the GAA. Um, many a night, I'm sure that you will enjoy in the future playing intercounty. Hopefully, hopefully in Dublin, I would say, and hopefully in Coppers. Um, there's a big difference between a night out. In, well, maybe there's not actually a big difference between a night out in Coppers and a night out in Hayes' hotel. But my big question that I have for you, Owen, is did you end up in Supermax after in Turles? Because it's a famous Supermax. Or are athletes more like, I'm going to go home and get a club sandwich? Um, I I used to be big for hitting the takeaways on the way home, but uh, not anymore. I'm just home and um, probably hit bed straight away. Um, the woman's mallard. <laughs> <laughs> She has abs. Like a, Hi. I did a trend of my game here. Um, so nah, I think there was a few lads. I think there was a wee bit of a. I didn't hit supermax, but um, on the way home, I think there was like a wee window at the garage. Like I got called in and and hit that up for 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 a wee bit. Deed, like, but um, I'm sure there was a few lads uh, had a bit of a bite afterwards. All right, yeah. So there was one team in Dublin at the weekend to play against them and it was Kerry. I don't think that they were going for a night out afterwards. Both of you obviously caught that game. Were you surprised by that result or were you more surprised by the performance? Owen, there you can go first. Doesn't matter. Anybody chime in. I was surprised that I actually thought Kerry would go and dominate that game. I was surprised when I I watched back. I was like, why did I actually think that was going to happen against the Dubs in Croke Park? Like the dogs were always going to come and set down a marker, and the intensity that they played with, the quality that they had, they were just far better, like nearly all over the pitch. But then, the more that I say that, the more I think of the goal chances that Kerry actually missed as well. So, like the game could have been so much closer than it actually was. Um, like Clifford didn't have his best game by any stretch of the imagination, but he still got a hard hat trick, um, which is pretty nuts. So, yeah, to be honest. Surprised that they ran away with it so much. Like in the, I suppose by half time the game was nearly over. Even though I suppose Kerry got it back to three, and it was, you know, it was still kind of went either way at that stage. But um, overall, the dog, the dogs just brought much more intensity. Much they were much better in kickouts and stuff as well. So, and then obviously in terms of their finishing, it was it was on another level compared to Kerry's at the weekend, uh, which was surprising. On. Does it say more about Dublin or more about Kerry that Dublin played their best performance potentially that they possibly could and Kerry were were within a whisker and Kerry didn't particularly play great as Dara just said or what do you think? Yeah, um, I was I was similar with that. Like I, I actually thought initially I felt Kerry were all over it and then I was like or I thought Kerry were going to win it and then I was going right that has draw all over it here. 
Um, and then Dublin just like they blew them out of the water, really. Um, I think Dublin some of Dublin's last couple of performances, I think they were due a big performance and they've they've, they've stepped it up big time, Nick, which um they'll obviously be happy with. Um, I do think they were dominant. I think Kerry, like that's the thing. Like if you look at them at the four chances that they had, um, probably four or five goal chances really. Like um, like Clifford probably could add two or three himself. Um. Quaddy probably could have had one. Um, and I'm sure there's a couple more there as well. So I think looking at the score then and looking at like how the scores it, it, first half Dublin racked up a pretty big score. Um but I think if Carrie look at like the extra score and chances that they had, like when they break it down, then maybe yes, they may be disappointed by our execution and overall how they showed up, but like I don't think it's like just by looking at the scoreline, like I don't think it's it was that much of a difference in it, really. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I definitely, definitely a big improvement from Dublin. Um, Dublin will be happy with that. So I think they'll be that that sort of benchmark that they can hit, and it's probably their best performance this year. They obviously want to kick on from that and get a bit more consistency there. Um, Carry even last week against Mayo, we were sort of saying they were in control, and then kind of. Some of it was sort of a bit of it was a bit sloppy and, and almost let Mel back into the game and sure Clifford had to kick the winner to, to sort of pull them out there. So um it may be something that could they just need the address and need to look at. Um and something to be wary of, but they still have the they still have serious quality there and I'm sure they've like they will be disappointed themselves to know that there's another couple of apples in there. If both teams play their best performance, Dara, who do you think wins? Very good question. Um it's very very close. Like I, I was really, I actually was really impressed with Dublin. Um, Dublin still have one or two to come back, maybe more. Um, at the minute as well. It's I th- I think Dublin. To be honest, when after watching that, I think Dublin's best best performance, top top end performance, beats Carries at the moment. Um, I think Carry had a lot of issues going on at the weekend in terms of kickouts. Dublin got on top. Um defensively they just looked naive at times um, even when I just watched the Collins goal back in the second half when he checked and got uh, Jason Foley like it was he nearly knew it was coming like it was just it was silly stuff nearly at times that they were getting caught out on um, and then Merchant actually seems to be a decent enough matchup for Clifford at times which was a really mad one um, it would be good to see how that goes the next day but yeah, I'd be, I'd be thinking the dubs, to be honest. Their top performance is probably going to be Kerry's at the moment. We've spoken a lot about scoring, and you've touched on Con there and the Dublin forward line then for you, Owen. Like, what do you do as a back there, Owen, when you're faced with that? Is there a way of stopping the rot? Like, uh, Dara said that potentially that third goal could have been stopped, but, like, when you look around that forward line, that whole six, there's no weak links. Yeah, uh, it's like the pace and the power that they go through, and then they can all uh, take a score as well. It's 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 class to see. There's just so much energy, uh, um, just the the pace that they run at. That the, uh, it's 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 class. Like, um, I think it's probably just trying to get it stopped early before they can kind of get a run at you. And um, because if you're sort of scrambling and the 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 they build up a bit of momentum, they've a couple of runners committed. You can you can almost be sort of all over the show then so I think it's trying to get that momentum stopped early um, maybe similar to what I was saying about Andrew is like maybe trying to hold on to the ball and, and trying to avoid you know if you're if you're committed to going forward and the ball gets turned over and then you're a wee bit open at the back uh, 
you know, it's it's a it's a good opportunity for teams to get, build up that bit of pace. Um, I think you had a video up of, of showing the the transition Pete, of uh transitioning at top speed like and they're, they're they're so good at doing that. I know Dublin football's sort of played that way where everyone's sort of everyone's back and everyone breaks forward at pace. Like they're especially in Croke Park, like they'd be more than happy to do that. So on one end it's 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 looking after the ball and taking care of it, but on the other end, like can you get contact on early when they have the ball to stop building up that hit? And obviously, like, even touch on that transition and that um, particular clip that you're referencing, all the talk afterwards has been about the Dublin forwards and Khan and Paddy Small and Kieran Kilkenny and all being phenomenal. But, like, how good is Brian Fenton there? Nice. It's a complete another level, like, a completely different level for... It's like his ability to kick off both feet, solo off both feet, um, his vision, his handling, his composure on the ball. Like, there's nothing that that man isn't able to do, um, at the highest, highest level. And then he has an absolutely ridiculous engine and a burst of speed too. So, best midfielder ever, in my opinion. I don't honestly don't see how there could be any arguments for anyone else, in my opinion. Um, what do you think so- about that? <laughs> 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 we'll let Owen go ahead if he has a different perspective um, do you know what? I actually hadn't thought of it um, when you think of his backward and championships too like, uh, I don't think anyone can really compete with that um, I think I think you're probably right like, I do think he's all around there he's kicking, he's kicking plenty of scores from play yeah it's a big thing there's almost times where he almost looks like he's so much time and he's almost like you would nearly say slow the ball, but I can guarantee if you're trying to run after him, it'd be fucking hard time trying to catch up with him. Like, <laughs> uh, it just, he just, he makes it look easy, like um, lowering it in the sky too, like so. Um, nah, I'll, I'll give Dara that one. I'd, I'd love to see someone try and put up an, an argument against that and validate us. We'll invite them on if they can. Yeah, like honestly, or if they I don't can see send how... us a voice note, that would be brilliant as well. Send me yeah. a video of someone in 1987 catching a few high balls. Like, listen, it's not going to be it. Look. We'll see. If they can put forward a good case, we'll listen to it and we'll listen to it live on the backdoor course and then we'll get the, the perspective of both you guys from that. So in relation then to, we've spoke about that game only. Were there any other standout performers this week or was it one of the dubs that was the standout number one a player of the week and were, the, were Dublin the team of the week in your perspective Dara yeah I think the, the Dubs are the team of the week from my perspective anyway and player of the week has to be Con, like absolutely outrageous and his ability to create space for himself is just phenomenal and then his finishing ability too is, has been really really good so they'd be probably the two uh, obviously then you've got thrown pulled out a ridiculous performance the second half against against Mayo so Clanman uh, and McCurry obviously were on fire in that as well um, trying to think I didn't see a massive amount of other football uh, if I'm being honest so that's probably my take on it well Derry are probably going to be saying what do we need to do like we're top of the league there um, and we're not getting a look in from McGurn Fitness um, so if you <laughs> did have to play them at I some sp- stage, I spoke about them last week the worst <laughs> No, I'm only joking. This week, though, a good win against Galway as well. Owen, any standout performers there that haven't been named? Um, I didn't see. I didn't. I only saw the Tyrone and Carrie game and the 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 the, the 
no, the throne and Mayo game and the Carrie Dublin game. Um, and then I saw I watched the highlights of the Derry and Galway game. I, from the highlights, it was it was two three minutes long, so I didn't see enough of that. The the, the comment, to be honest, um, I I think Darren McCurry was class. Darren Canavan's just he's unbelievable. Um, McCurry, what did he what did he finish up with? Eight points. Eight eight and one, one half. half. It's pretty. I, it's pretty fucking. I haven't mad, hit eight points in my whole fucking four four five years <laughs> now, I'm like, um, so that and some of the points too were 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 top class, and Canavan's just. Aye, he's definitely an Apple Um yeah, unreal. I know we were chatting about uh Shane McGuigan being up there. Um would you say Derek Hanneman's top where would you rate him in terms of best players in Ireland at the minute? He's top five at the moment, I think. He's top five. Um, I do. you still obviously have you still have Con, you still have David Clifford, um Shane McGuigan. And then you're probably talking Canavan, maybe I'm trying to think and maybe Pretty leading people out there. Pretty forward oriented, but... though. Like, are we talking forwards? Or are we talking players? We're talking forwards. Talking forwards. Uh, yeah, go forwards. I think you'd have had yourself up there, Darren. Uh, I suppose you have to try and get a game first. Yeah. Me and Clifford's <laughs> fighting for that number one now. I think. Uh... Oh, and you're becoming more and more of an undercover forward uh, day by day. Like you said, <laughs> best players in the country and all you thought of was forwards yeah. as well. Well, listen, listen, um, I'm not, but I don't know where the notion came that I was on a back like, um, honestly, <laughs> like, I... You're always the wing half-back at schools, remember you? Absolutely shit, I, it's Exactly, wing half-back. Like, I'd fucking take that when we're cornerback. Just taking any position to get put in these days. Uh Straight forward most of my most of the career and then half back between half back, half forward and then get shipped in the corner back and um aye. That's where I'm that's where she knows now. Think it out. <laughs> so to touch on those top performers that we just touched on, obviously I'm quite biased because of what I do, I guess, but like it seemed from a lot of the clips and a lot of the people that we have been talking about their ability to get free, find space and beat players one-on-one often dictates how many opportunities they get within the game to then uh, take a score. Is it one of the key aspects of being an effective forward in Gaelic football now, your ability to take people on one-on-one, Dara? Yeah, I think it's the fundamental. It's, it's nearly the number one. Uh, if I was to pick one thing that I wanted to be unbelievably good at it would be the ability to take men on 1v1 but it's not even the ability to just get the ball and take the ball on 1v1 it's the ability to like lose them and I suppose change direction when you don't have the ball to be able to create that space and to be able to see that space um, and then it comes down to as well I suppose being on a level with your teammates too like a lot of them chances with Con creating the goal chances or Clifford clipping in behind um, or Canavan even wouldn't happen if the player on the ball wasn't tuned into what's happening as well. So creating that link between players is absolutely huge. Um, and then I suppose it's about executing that skill in terms of whether it is a cutback, whether it is you know a step when taking your man on and just creating that two, three yards to be able to kick a score off both feet. Um, yeah, I, I really do. I'm starting to like change my like, thoughts on that more so the more I'm watching football now is, is like the ability to change direction and show us with our with agility is, is just absolutely massive um, and, and, and at the top of the at the moment. Is there anything to be learned from other sports then on, do you think, that can be applied to Gaelic football if 
that is the way that the game is going at the moment. Yeah, 100%. Like, you think of a lot of the games, like we were chatting about in last week or a couple of, a couple of episodes ago, we were chatting about uh, in rugby or AFL, like it's such, because it's so physical and because of the way you can tackle, players are so evasive and trying to completely stay away from contact. Um, if like one thing I would do at the minute is like obviously all the AFL teams are preseason. Just any time on the bike or just have a few minutes I'm on the YouTube and, and watch the highlights of their preseason and just seeing how if he is it the players are and then even from a rugby standpoint too like some of the steps seeing rugby are just unbelievable. So um, trying to like look at those movements, taking bits and pieces from it and and, and learning from from other sports is going to be key. Um. Obviously, you look firstly probably at the top players in the in the in our own game first, and you learn from them. Um, but then also like expanding the horizon, I suppose, and and, and looking further afield. Um, you know, there's so much that you can take. Even, yeah, like ah, there's there's loads that you can take um, from other sports and, and and trying to take that and put them into practice. Like, so obviously, I use those examples quite a bit from rugby and and AFL. But I was actually thinking, in terms of soccer. Like, Erling Haaland obviously scoring five goals during the week and he's so good at getting away from players. And then I was thinking maybe Kylian Mbappe as well. Like, Dara, if they were to play Gaelic football, would they both be on the inside forward line? Um, and how would you use them effectively, do you think? Or is there any other players? Is there, is there any other players that you would pick then as the alternative? I think I'd probably play, I'd probably play Haaland in the full forward line. I don't think I'd probably play Mbappe out in half forward line. Just as like an electric burst of, burst of speed, pass players um, is absolutely frightening. Um, yeah, I don't really. I'll be honest. I don't really watch a ma- a mass watch a massive amount of soccer. To be totally honest with you, I have a massive amount of interest in it. Um, I like watching the highlights. I like I suppose I do enjoy watching those type of players, like the real explosive, fucking big impact players like Holland and Mike Mbappe so um, it's good to watch them as well and to see what they're actually doing and how they're actually creating that space uh, for players like them too it generally is just freakish athleticism at times that just gets them away from players um, I don't know how I suppose you'd be able to take a massive amount from that but Holland is probably one that's even alongside his freakish athleticism is his ability to see space his ability to in the right position is, is pretty unbelievable as well oh and is there any player from another sport doesn't have to be soccer that you would like to see put on a GAA jersey or a football jersey and give it a go Dan Carter uh, play, him, <laughs> play him at 11 like and just let him let him magic like um, class and then Bundy Aggie I think stick him in you can play him you can play him <laughs> anywhere centre half back full so, back Sarah so back. Forward, I wouldn't mark him forward. Uh, I'd say do some damage like. Uh, Don't see tag for long and full that's back. That's class. On I I would say Sonny Bill Williams. If we're gonna go all blacks as well, and um, just committing men, taking men out, and then just letting it off like the the lad someone tap it in. Uh, what position would you play him? Sonny Bill. Um. Probably, initially I was going to say full forward, but I think maybe a half forward, and I'd maybe stick him wing forward, let him pluck a few kickouts, and then get a bit of a bit of a gallop up, and then uh, ship it off to the inside forward, and let them just clip it over. <laughs> uh, he'd be a, 
I'd love to see Hugo Keenan. Love to see Hugo Keenan play play wing half back or somewhere. I think potentially he he did play uh, GA back when he was younger, but obviously you're forced to make a decision. But I have then a conv- uh, a question in the opposite way. What player in the GAA would you like to see give a go of another sport, Dara? And what sport would you pick for them? The interesting one again. Uh, I suppose again when you're just you're just thinking about players who have freakish athleticism. Uh, someone like Shane Walsh in the AFL would be cool to see. Just his ability to kick off both feet is frightening. I know he kind of enjoys like that punt punt pass as well off of both feet um yeah i'm not sure if he actually did end up going over when he was younger or not but he would be a good enough candidate i think over over there um and then i suppose just someone from my own county alton callum who nearly basically did have the chance nearly at one stage to get over um ended up not going but it would have been nice to see him over there as well because this athleticism his power and his pace is frightening as well so would have been cool to see him over there in the AFL or even rugby I'm struggling to think of one to be honest um, you were just saying there about or like um, uh, I'd say rugby like he would do that, that was one thing I was actually thinking like you know the how GA players would get on in rugby um, obviously at the elite level the pace isn't seen maybe at a lower standard would the pace be as much and would, would players sort of thrive just by having that burst of pace and having the engine, I suppose, to keep making those repetitive bursts. Um, if the game is more for a stop-start than compared to GA, where it's more sort of free-flowing. Um, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, he's a put me on the spot now. I reckon an outside-of-the-box one that could go well in rugby is, I think, Shawnee Bugler for Dublin could be a good winger in rugby. Yeah. And then... Another Shawnee, Shawnee O'Shea, I'd love to see him have a go of soccer. Um, he obviously gave a little soccer kick pass there at the weekend off the deck. And then he does kick off the deck as well. So I'd be interested to hear maybe his perspective if he did actually play soccer when he was younger. Yeah. And Clifford has a few touches of brilliance with the ball on the ground as well. I think, I think he did. he'd be no joke playing soccer as well. Yeah. Like He played center back, didn't he? When he was younger. He could be an Erling Haaland, I suppose, if the if he went back there now and they stuck him up top. <laughs> but we have a bag of games next week. We haven't even touched on uh, our predictions the last week, but one that we differed on was the Armad Donegal game. It ended up in a draw, and obviously I got that, did I? Oh, did you say draw, Dara? I think I did. I thought you said Armad. Do remember but, you? Yeah. You just gave me stick for sitting on the fence. Do you know what I mean? No, maybe, maybe. Well, Darren knows his football anyway. So my next question <laughs> is going to be about next week's fixtures, and the big one is obviously Derry currently flying it at the top of the league. They're playing Dublin at home. If they win that game, do they set down a big marker for the rest of the season, Dara? Yeah, that's that's going to be a, a massive game, and Derry are going to be absolutely mad to set down a marker as well, especially after watching them against Kerry at the weekend, and. Um, so it's a huge game for both teams, really, to set down a marker. Um, I suppose it's hard to know what way both teams would be actually thinking about it because they're probably both in their minds thinking we're both probably the top two favourites at the minute for the All-Ireland um, alongside Kerry. So whether they want to go and give a massive amount away 
I don't know. But again, Dublin want to give Derry an edge in terms of getting a win over them. And Derry want to set down a marker just to let them know they're there. So I think I don't think it'll have a massive a massive impact on the championship, whatever way it goes, if I'm being honest. Um it'll just be interesting to see where both teams are at in comparison to, to each other at the minute because they're both they're both not far off full tilt, really. Well the betting men that are listening to the podcast, they're just saying Dara spit it out because <laughs> you predicted that one right last week. Who's your pick? <laughs> My pick is Derry. On, agree, disagree. Um didn't Derry he... beat Dublin at home two years ago, I think it was? What? Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm torn here. I'm torn. I'm gonna go with Derry. I agree as well. I just think from what I've been watching, highlights of Derry, they just seem to be playing that style of game off the shoulder so, so well. And also, obviously with Dublin focusing so much on transition, maybe we are underappreciating just how good they are, but I don't know if they'll get the same opportunities for transition with the way that Derry play the ball hand-to-hand, hand-pass-to-hand pass rather than Kerry's obvious, like emphasis on kick-passing. So... I would go Derry in that, but I do think it's going to be really, really close and it's going to be a good game. We just touched on Donegal and Armagh then and that being a draw. Fermanagh, Armagh at home this Saturday, Dara, like a crucial game for ye, really. Like, What's going to be the focus going into that game without giving away too much of the game plan? Like, Ye obviously need to win the rest of your games to have a chance of even getting near the top of the table and you need other results to go your way, but do you reckon the team is going to be happy enough to stay in the division, like you said at the start of uh, the podcast or start of the turn of the year? Yeah, well, there's no point in lying. Like the, the, main, the main objective this year is to stay in Division 2. So, um, yeah, I suppose we're going out to win the game, as we always are. Um, I wouldn't say it's the end, like, you know, it's the end of the world if we did end up getting beat at the weekend because we have two games and we the, I suppose to stay in the division realistically we're probably going to need five points so um, we're going to need a win out of the next three games um, yeah but I, I from watching from watching Armagh Donegal last week you know there's no reason why we can't go and win the game um, like and we're at home as well so I suppose that gives us a wee bit of a boost we did have a good performance last week in terms of our performance against Cork, which, you know, Cork are a high enough level team as well. So um, we'll be looking to suppose, learn as much as we possibly can from those games, try and not make the same mistakes as we did against Donegal. Um, we did actually improve a good bit in terms of those that set of things last week. So again, so we're trying to bring that up another level and it's going to have to go up another level um, against Armagh because, you know, they're obviously going to be continuing to improve week on week as well and then, building towards the championship so um, yeah we're going out to, to win the game and it would be massive if we if we, if we could win the game uh, and I suppose they'd probably have us safe Owen you lads are in a very similar position with a game at home on Sunday against Westmead are you taking a similar approach to Dara or are you eyeing this as a game you have to win because you want to go up really as you said earlier in the year yeah 100% like you can't. Yeah, the the goal is still to go up, and um, it's we're probably in one of those positions where anything can happen. Um, if that's the bottom line is you need to win all your games to get promoted. So yeah, we'll be good out to win that game. Obviously, um, I think with the goal being 
promotion, like anything less than that, will be disappointing and probably seen as a bit of a bit of a failure for us, to be honest. Um, because we we did set the bar high, so um, yeah, you have to be going out to, to, to win all the 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 rest of your games. Um, and obviously a big test against Westmead. Um, they have got a number on us the last couple of years. Uh, hammered us last year, obviously. Um, and then the year before, I think just pipped us by two or three, maybe. I think we had maybe been leading most of the game. Um, I think there was a penalty and maybe another goal went in. There was maybe two, three or something, like uh, a pretty quick succession. So, uh, yeah, like, uh, obviously they've, they've beat us the last two two teams who played them. So um, we'll want to show a big performance, even from ourselves, just maybe not being happy with the standards that we have been hitting. So we'll want a big performance. And, and yeah, we'll definitely be going out to win all the rest of our games. Like, they, they still hopefully give ourselves the best possible chance of being in a, in a in talk to promotion anyway, like. Without getting into too many verbals, Dara, who do you think is going to win Adrim's game? And Owen, who do you think is going to win in Fermanagh's game? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll back Antrim this one. Hopefully McCabe's in from the start. You know, that'll be the, that'll be the difference. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll back Antrim in that one. I'll go Armagh. That is <laughs> I'd love, to, I'd love to see Fernando win, but um, I think I think Armagh have this. Well, there's no, there's no reason why you couldn't. Like I was just thinking there when you were you were asked about it. Like if you were playing them in the championship, you would be you'd be expecting to quite get a result. Like so, um, I just think the way they're going, they've, they've got a good bit of momentum behind them. I think they'll, I think it'll be tight, but I think Armagh may just in top by by two or three points. Good answers, by the way, lads, in fairness. I think uh, Owen was quite diplomatic in his as well. Dara just went straight favouritism. But obviously then there's a couple of other big fixtures. Saturday then, after that Dublin fixture, is a big Connacht clash between Mayo and Roscommon. Who are we backing in that one? Because Roscommon obviously haven't been going well. Mayo have been tight in their fixtures on the right side one week and then on the wrong side the next. Like... That could be a, a big game in the Connacht Championship later on down the line as well. So, who do we think Dara is going to win that one? I think Roscommon are actually building building nicely. Uh, they had obviously a massive performance last week against Monon, and they still have the likes of Ben O'Carroll looking back in. So, as Davy Burke said, they're they need to be on the pitch every day of the week if they want to get up to that level. So, they must have been on the pitch every day last week. Uh, but I can't see. I'm not impressed with Mayo at all. Being honest, I fancy Roscommon to, to get one up in them in that game. And Roscommon always raise their level when they're playing Mayo and when they're playing Galway, when they're playing Connacht teams, they always seem to you know, bring up a few, few notches. Um, they don't like to see, I suppose, the neighbours getting one over on them. So I'd, I'd be backing Roscommon in that to get a result. Owen, are you thinking the same thing? Mayo, again, just there nearly men there thereabouts in every game would you be back in Roscommon or are you thinking Mayo at home might have something to say about that yeah I agree with Dara that Roscommon are like they always do they step up the game big time but I'm going to go for Mayo in this one um, I think we've seen glimpses of what they can do I think they've shown a good bit of I suppose grit to hang in there a couple of times and they get a few results they almost dug one out against Carey they got one against Dublin but he, like they've still been there thereabouts right haven't really performed um so i think they'll have with that that sort of added space of playing like it being a sort of a kind of clash i think they will 
need to step it up, but I think they will bring a bit of a better game. So I'm going to go for Mayo on that one. And then a final fixture that I wanted to go through is a bottom of the table clash in Division 1 between Monaghan and Galway. Both teams are obviously struggling at the moment. It's in Clonus. Does that give Monaghan the upper hand or Galway just going to be a little bit too strong for them, do you think? Um, honestly, I haven't seen too much of Monaghan and Galway this year. Um, I do feel Galway will probably just have a bit too much to think. I was just I was chatting to one of my clients today. He's from Monaghan, like, and I was saying, "What's the cracker? What I'm going down? Are they still going to? They're going to dig it out as they always do." But um, I think easy with thinking the looks the looks run out a bit as well. So uh, I think just looking at their team, very young team, um, maybe a good good handful of boys missing. But I think just the way things have been going and going off past results, uh, like I, I do think uh, I, th- I think all we are going to going to win that one. And I did say that was the last one, but we do have a bottom of the table clash in Division 1 as well. And it's the old foe of Darren McGurn and Fermanagh, Cork, playing against Kildare, who are yet to get a win on the board. Crucial game for Cork, and like a really crucial game for Kildare. Even if they are going down, they need to get a win on the board. Like, Is it going to be too much for them against Cork? And are Cork going to maybe turn things around following that big win up in Enniskillen the other day, yeah, I think I think Cork like after after get the big result the last day, um, and I think Fermanagh were in control for well ahead for most of the game, and then and then Cork coming back and winning, um, that'll be a massive boost to them. Um, I think Kildare like the the mood will be probably low. Um, I don't think from the outside looking in things don't seem to be going great. So I think Cork will. Probably get a result there. So they'll kick on again. Um, they'll probably be riding that wave this week. They've got a good, uh, they probably be, be a good buzz after getting a good result there. Um, and I think they'll sort of carry that momentum into the weekend again and, and and get another win there. Obviously, there's a bit in this game for you, Dara. Given that it's in Division Two, you just played Cork last week. Have you yet to play Kildare? I think like you'd be eyeing that one. Who do you think is going to come out on top of this one? And like, were you actually impressed with Cork last day, or do you think maybe they might get a win here and last week, but it's going to be unlikely that they'll turn it around? So we've we've already played Kildare as well. We played them at home, beat them quite comfortably. I wasn't impressed with Kildare at all, um, but I was also I was I was not very impressed with Cork in that first half. Like we should have been, we should have been five six up at half time. If I'm being honest, um. With the personnel they brought off the bench, that was a much stronger Cork outfit from what I, from what I could see, and they pushed right up and kick outs. So they were way better set up. So I would definitely be going for Cork if I was to pick out of the two, I suppose teams that I've watched play us. Um, Kildare seemed to have got a bit of a kick last week against me. Even though they weren't, they weren't far off winning that game. Um, but I just think Cork will have a bit of momentum from last week. I think they have so many quality players come back into their team like they brought on Rory Dean Sean Powder Stephen Sherlock already they started Connor, Connor Corbett Brian Hurley like high level players um, they'll have another week under their belt they'll have a bit of momentum as we mentioned from from beating us last week um, Kildare just Kildare <laughs> down in the dumps at the minute and probably are struggling to see a way out so I'd be back in court to, to get a W there 
Well, there you have it. If you're a betting man, throw the house and the kids on uh, on Cork against yeah. Kildare if you're going by Dara's predictions last week. Lads, thanks again. And thanks all our listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Backdoor Cut.